G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You want to know God's will? Don't be afraid to say, not by will, but yours be done. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie explains the joy and satisfaction that come when we commit to doing God's will, God's way. Oh, I don't want to say your will be done. Why? Well, it won't be what I want. It'll be harder. Wait, what if it's better than anything you ever even imagined? Never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again, you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Avid campers who like to head out into the middle of nowhere to find a remote campsite sometimes fly drones to look ahead at what's around the next bend. They can make better decisions with a bird's eye view. We'll make better decisions about our lives if we trust God's view, the one that sees around the bend and well into the future. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie brings some encouraging insights about the will of God and how it'll keep us from being spiritually stranded in the middle of nowhere. Let's turn in our Bibles to James chapter 4. The title of my message, Just a Moment. The brevity of life is what James is addressing now and the importance of living your life in the will of God. James 4, let's read a few verses. I'm reading 13 to 17 from the New Living Translation. James says, look here. You who say today or tomorrow, we're gonna go to a certain town and stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life is gonna be like tomorrow? Asks James. Your life is like the morning fog. It's here for a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, James says, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. I'll stop there. Point number one, if you're taking notes, life is short, live it well. Life is short, live it well. James asks in verse 14, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Really what James is asking is, what kind of life are you living? What are you doing with this precious gift called life right now? It's an important question to answer because life goes by so quickly. Bringing me to point number two. We should plan for the future, but put God's will first. Yes, plan for the future, but put God's will first. The problem with these folks James is addressing is they're believers, but they're living like practical atheists. And by that I mean, they're not factoring God into anything. They're just making their plans and forgetting about God. So James is reminding them, hey, keep God's will at the forefront of your life. To know God's will, point number three, 
you need to present yourself to God each and every day. This is based on Romans 12, one and two, where Paul says, I urge you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, and that means your total being, your personality, your will, your future, present your bodies to God as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service, which means it's the logical thing to do. Then he says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to know God's will? Present yourself to Him. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? Fill it with Scripture. And then you'll know God's will. And what does He say about God's will? The good and acceptable will of God. God's will is good. God's will is perfect. Now sometimes the Lord says no to us. When we want to do something he says, no, oh, God's out to ruin my fun. No, no, the Bible says no good thing will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. So if God says no, it's for your own good. Now you're gonna have to live a few years to figure that out maybe because you say, oh no, I know better than God. Well, you'll see, don't learn the hard way. Maybe learn from the experience of others. No plan of ours can improve on the will of God. We only see bits and pieces. He sees the whole. He sees the past, the present, and the future in its total context as related to eternity. So don't be afraid to say, not by will, but yours be done. So here's what you need to do. You need to come to the Lord, say, all right, Lord, here's the life you have given me. Here are my plans. Here are my aspirations. Here are my dreams, along with my weaknesses and shortcomings and sins. I offer it all to you because I believe your plans are better than mine. That's really what this is all about. So I heard this story about a father and a son who went to the hardware store. The dad was finishing his purchase and, and the owner of the hardware store pointed to a big jar of candy right there on the counter. And he said to the little boy, son, take some of this candy, grab a handful, it's free. Little guy just looked up at his father. And then the uh, hardware store owner again said, son, I told you, the candy's free, grab a handful. Take as much as you want in your hand. Again, the little boy just looks up at his father. Finally, his dad grabs a handful of candy and gives it to his son. So they get in the car and they're driving home. The father asks the son, why didn't you grab the free candy? The boy with a big smile said, because dad, your hand is bigger than mine. <laughs> right? You think, you know where I'm going with this? God's hand is bigger than ours. Oh, I don't want to say your will be done. Why? Well, it won't be what I want. It'll be harder. Wait, what if it's better than anything you ever even imagined? The Bible says he is able to do abundantly above and beyond that which you could ask or think. Listen, never be afraid to commit an unknown future to a known God. He loves you. His plan for you is good. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. Glad you're joining us for Pastor Greg's message today in James 4 called Just a Moment. Let's continue now. One final point. We need to do what God has called us to do. We need to do what God has called us to do. Look at verse 17. 
Remember, it's sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. This is speaking of the sin of omission. In the Bible, there is a sin of commission and omission. Do you know the difference? Heard the story of a teacher that was speaking to her Sunday school class. She said, kids, today we're gonna talk about sin. First of all, there's a sin of commission. Does anyone know what that is? Little girl sitting in the front was waving her hand. Teacher said, go ahead. What is the sin of commission? She said, the sin of commission is when you do something you should not do. That's exactly right. And then the teacher asked the class, does anyone know what the sin of omission is? A little boy in the back of the room is waving his arm back and forth. Go ahead, son. What is the sin of omission? He said, the sin of omission, those are the sins you want to do, but you haven't gotten around to yet. (laughs) Not exactly. (laughs) The sin of commission is what you do when you do what you shouldn't do, when you cross the line, when you break the commandment, when you fall short of the standard, which is God's glory, the sin of omission is when you know to do right and you don't do it. And I think Christians are more guilty of the sin of omission than they realize. To him that knows to do good, verse 17, and yet does not do it, to him it is sin. Let's take the gospel as an example. We have been commanded by Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what he says. Go into all this world, preach the gospel, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We say, amen, great. When's the last time you did it? When's the last time you engaged someone in a gospel conversation? Stats tell us that 95% of Christians have never led another person to Christ. 2% of churchgoers invited an unchurched person to church in the last year, 2%. See, the problem for many of us is the Great Commission has become the Great Omission. Let me say something that might sound controversial, but I think it's biblical and true. It can be a sin to not share your faith with someone. Well, you're wrong, Greg, we we should, but it's not a sin, hold on. To him that knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Let me illustrate. Let's say you're walking down the street and there's a house on fire and someone says, there's a child in there. Now I hope at the very least you will call 911. Maybe you'll be a hero and try to run in the burning house and save the child. But if you just kept walking, oh, first you take a picture. Gotta post that (laughs) on social. And you keep walking, That's irresponsible. That's almost criminal. Now we have a whole culture that needs to know God. The Bible actually tells us that we should seek to snatch people from the flames of judgment. You say, oh gosh, Greg, you know, I don't know. I'm afraid I'll say the wrong thing or I won't have an answer to their question. Or yeah, okay, so? I think you know more than you think you know. And I think you might be surprised at what will pop into your mind and out of your mouth when you take a step of faith and say, Lord, use me. In fact, you might be so good you'll want to take notes on yourself. (laughs) Well, where did that come from? Well, you'd never know where it came from if you don't take the step of faith. And I suggest to you that there are times the Lord has nudged you to engage that person. You're walking along or something person sitting there on a bench all alone. They look sad and dejected. And maybe the Lord said, just go over there and tell them that they're loved by God. (laughs) I want to do that. Why not? 
Well, what if they laugh at me? Yeah, well, what if they take an interest in what you're saying? Let me take it a step further. What if they want to hear what you have to say? What if they come to Jesus Christ? How about that? I'd rather take the risk and not have it go so well. But many times it goes better than you may think it will. And speaking of serving the Lord, I believe the Lord leads us all the time to serve Him. You know, it's interesting, the Bible uses different kinds of phrases over 58 times, like love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, support one another, one another. That's what it's all about. Here's how you know you're maturing spiritually, when it stops being about you and it starts being about others. Well, instead of coming to church, you don't say, what about my needs? But instead you say, I've been so blessed by God, how can I serve the Lord? And how do I serve God? I serve God by serving other people. <laughs> Let me loop back to what I said in the beginning and we'll wrap this message up. I talked about living our lives well. They passed so quickly. You know, ancient merchants would often write the words memento mori over their accounting books. Ever heard that phrase before? Memento mori. It means think of death. Now it sounds kind of morbid. I don't want to think of death. Well, maybe you should a little bit. The Bible says, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. So it's not a morbid fascination with death, but it's an acknowledgement that it will come eventually. As I've often said, the statistics on death are quite impressive. One out of every one person's will die unless the Lord comes for us first, and I pray he does. But having said that, think about it. Now why did they write memento mori over their accounting books? Because you'd check out your bank balance, and you'd say, look how much money I have saved. Memento mori, one day you're gonna give it to someone else. Just get perspective. But you just think about life in general. You know, think of the afterlife. It's not just about this life, it's about the next life too how we're living our life, how we'll be rewarded in the afterlife for how we live in this life. These are all important things. But let me ask you this. What if this were your last day on planet Earth? Someone's name is gonna be in the obituary column tomorrow. It's never gonna be us, but one day it will be. And where are you gonna spend eternity? Now, if you're a Christian, you don't have to be afraid because the Bible promises you'll go to heaven and you'll be in the presence of God where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. But if you're not a Christian, according to scripture, you will face judgment. Yes, there is a hell. And the last thing God wants is for anyone made in his image to spend eternity separated from him in this place called hell. Hell was not created for people. Hell was created for the devil, Jesus said, and his demons. So if you're following the devil, and his plan and his agenda, and you end up in hell, in the end you'll have no one to blame but yourself. Because the gates of hell are locked from the inside. You made that choice. You made that decision, and it was a wrong one. You don't need to make that decision. This is why Christ died on the cross, you see. He died for our sin. He took the penalty we should have taken so we don't have to face it. He came to pay a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And then three days later, he rose again from the dead and he's alive and he's with us right now, wanting to come into your life 
and reveal his plan for you, which is better than your plan for yourself. He says he stands at the door of your life and he knocks and if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. But listen, only you can ask Christ to come into your life. I can't do that for you. Only you can open that door and say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sin. I want a relationship with you. So I want to close with an invitation for you to ask Christ to come into your life so you can know with certainty you go to heaven when you die. Let's pray. Father, I pray for every person here, every person watching and listening. If they don't know you, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict and convince them of their need for you and that they will turn to you right here, right now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie with those who know they need to make a change in their relationship with God today. And if you'd like to make a change, Pastor Greg would love to help you do that right now. As you've been listening to this today, maybe you've heard another voice. By that I mean, yeah, you heard me say a few things, but you heard God's voice speak to you deep in the recesses of your heart. And it suddenly dawned on you, this is what I need. Or to state it more accurately, this is who I need. I need Jesus, and I want Jesus. But maybe you don't know how to make that connection. Let me help you. Pray this after me right now if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life. Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin, and I need your forgiveness right now. Would you come into my heart and my life as Savior as God, as friend, I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I know that was a relatively short prayer. Maybe you felt something as you prayed it. Maybe you felt nothing. That doesn't really matter because God's word says, These things we write to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. It doesn't say, so you may think you have it or you may hope you have it if God's in a good mood. No, that you can know it. And I want you to know, if you pray that prayer in a minute, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come into your life. So congratulations. You're now a Christian. Now continue to follow the Lord. And to help you, we'd like to send you some resource materials we call our New Believers Growth Packet. It'll answer many of the questions you might have and get you started in your new relationship with the Lord. So get in touch and ask for it. We'll send it free of charge when you call us on 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. Call 1-800-772-936 today. Tune in next time as Pastor Greg continues his study series called Walk This Way. He'll take a look at the imminence of the Lord's return and how we can be ready. That's next time here on A New Beginning. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Just a Moment. 
If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.